What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? Red Nation Hoops Podcast. My name is Solomon Lee at Red Nation Hoops on Twitter. I guess we kind of know what Daryl Morey had up his sleeve. Um, <laughs> we know part of what he had up his sleeve. Hey, yeah. I'm just going to talk about this. I want to talk about Daryl Morey's sleeves all the freaking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> also joined by George Flores at George C. Flores 22 on Twitter. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Just another normal, regular day. Yeah. You know? Totally regular. Nothing big happened today. Yeah, uh, not much to say. I mean, like we're, we're this is gonna be kind of a dead podcast. Like, I mean, like we, there's no content going on. I, I guess we could talk about the Knicks for a little bit. You know, Phil Jackson did some stuff. Um, yeah, but the Rockets made a couple of trades. You know, for uh, Tim Quarterman, DeAndre Liggins, <laughs> Ryan Kelly. That just came through the wire. So DeAndre, I Liggins. can't do this bit. <laughs> I can't do this bit. <laughs> it's Chris Paul, man. <laughs> The Rockets have acquired Chris Paul in a blockbuster trade that's sending a top three for protected first round pick, Sam Decker, Patrick Beverly, rest in peace, Patrick Beverly. Um, and apparently now it's coming in Montrez Harrell to the, the Los Angeles Clippers. It's a, it's a it's essentially a sign in trade trade, although I guess it's technically an opt in trade. Um, Chris Paul opted into his trade, giving up eleven million dollars. Uh, we heard reports about this like pretty much all week that the Rockets were heavily pursuing Chris Paul. Um, it was pretty hard to believe. And um, last night, it became even more serious when Mark Stein tweeted that the Rockets are a very real threat to land Chris Paul. And they're going to... Uh, James Harden and Chris Paul have been talking. And like this is something they wanted to make happen. And it happened. I mean... Uh, we, we we might just turn off the center today, guys. I mean, like we're, we're not, like uh, I I don't know what to say. I I don't know what to say. Like I, I'm genuinely spe- speechless today. Uh, this is why you extend Daryl Morey for five years. Exactly. Yes, yes. This is why you extend Daryl Morey for five years. Um, I mean, this is gonna be, go down as one of those. Where were you when this happened? Trade. So I'm gonna go ask you guys. Where were you when this happened? I was asleep. I wake up at 10 a.m. <laughs> That's my schedule. So I woke up by my phone buzzing like crazy. Yeah, and then, I, uh, in a Blu-ray, it has us like, what? Yeah, I uh, I actually have the same story. I was in bed, and my phone just exploded. And yeah, that was it. And then I immediately stood up, ran around my apartment. So Yeah, uh, I was actually at ESPN 97.5 today. Uh, while while the show was going on, and I was just kind of like, 
scrolling through my news feed and I see the Chris Paul trade and nobody in the station knows about this yet, right? <laughs> and I just kind of screamed it out and like and like the the producers on sh- on show kind of had to talk about it for the next 20 or 30 minutes, however long it was left for the show. And the entire station just lost their shit. I mean, I don't know what else is it. Like, everybody went crazy. Um, you know, stuff. Everybody wanted to figure out what was going on in the deal. Um, you know, obviously, Patrick Beverly went out. Um, Sam Decker, t- 2018, protected first-round pick, which is still crazy. Like, if the, if this goes like, if, if the Rockets are, like, one of the three worst teams in the NBA, they keep that draft pick, which is even yeah, more like- crazy. That's insane that there would be a top three protection. It's super weird, but, but why, <laughs> why not? not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I guess the natural place to start is like, what's your reaction other than holy? Uh, I'll let y'all go first because I have some. I got some thoughts. Okay, they're so, gonna get weird. Okay, so my initial reaction was the same. The holy. <laughs> uh, looked at looked at my phone. Naturally, I have a bunch of friends texting me like, "What just happened?" And a lot of Spurs fans uh, texting me like, "I thought we were, go- I thought we were gonna get him." Nope, not happening. And uh, honestly, like a week or so ago, to kind of hedge my bet, I said, "Well, I don't know if the fit's really gonna be all that well, but you, you know, you you try to uh, you try to land a top ten player anytime you can." But as soon as I saw it, I said, "Nope, I don't care. Trade everybody. We got Chris Paul and James Harden. It's fine." <laughs> I mean, like, uh, I'll go ahead and start. I mean, like. My immediate reaction was like, obviously, I wanted to figure out who's in the trade. And when I figured out the Rockets pretty much still have most of their core intact other than Patrick Beverly, I mean, that's that, that's what I found even more insane. They didn't give up Clint Capella. They, they still have Clint Capella. They still have their entire starting lineup other than Patrick Beverly. And they essentially upgraded at that position. And, like... Daryl Morey's just a wizard. I mean, like, what's going on right now is Daryl Morey's going around the league acquiring these these contracts to make this deal work. I mean, now we know why the Rockets didn't make a deal on draft night to, to, to buy a first-round draft pick. I mean, my phone's going off as we speak. But, I mean, essentially, they had $3.5 million to spend on players uh, and draft picks if they wanted to on draft night. And everybody kind of wondered when the, Rock, when the Warriors uh, bought a pick, like, why didn't the Rockets buy a pick? Because this is something... The Rockets would totally do if it was available to them, and now we know why. Um, I, now we know uh, why the Rockets kept their cash considerations, and now they're moving it around the league, trying to make this deal work. And it's just insane. Like it's insane. And how everyone else knows why in Mori we trust. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so my thoughts when this came through, with you know, first off. Uh, the the initial reaction of what in the world is happening here? Holy crap! Is this real? Uh, which you know, it's it's the NBA, so you're somewhat surprised by these things. But uh, greatness happens in this league, even during the off season. But uh, my thoughts after that started to wander into, well, why Houston? I mean, first off, this explains the Patrick Beverly stuff from a while back that he seemed to know he was getting traded. I would just, I would suspect that the both teams have known this is going to happen for a bit, or at least the Rockets have, and the Clippers just found out maybe. But uh, why the Rockets? Because I do think the Spurs were probably a better fit for if you're Chris Paul, right? Like taking Tony Parker's job is a really good slot in. Uh, so I don't know. I've kind of been putting my conspiracy theory hat on. I'm kind of wondering if this isn't like Chris Paul and his little cadre figuring out which team would make sense. Because from the perspective of which team is a good, well-run team that you can kind of take over with you and your buddies and make it your vehicle for ring chasing, 
that's where the Rockets start to make more sense than the Spurs. You can you can kind of take over the Rockets over a little while. So I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if we hear a bunch of rumors about the other the other dudes and Chris Paul's little crew uh, wanting to come over to the Rockets. And I mean, you're already hearing that with like uh, with Melo, and then they're starting to pursue Paul George, which I guess we'll get into. But uh, yeah, this is I actually am for the first time maybe the one who's. Uh, suspicious that things might be better than expected yeah it's weird it's it's so weird um like and and yeah you mentioned like the banana boat crew might be coming to houston this is like like the the trade hasn't even gone through yet and we're already talking about paul george lebron james next year uh carmelo anthony if he gets bought out like it's it's like they're Free agency hasn't started yet. It's July twenty eighth. Like, I mean, it's June twenty eighth. June twenty eighth. It's oh my god. (laughs) Like again, like what I told you when we started off the podcast. Like I told you guys. Like I had no idea what I was gonna say, and that's kind of me right now. Like I, I'm trying to figure out what I should say. Uh, Okay, so basically, the biggest concern going into this was the, the fit, right? And that's what all Rockets fans, that's what pretty much all national pundits were kind of wondering, like, how is this going to work? How are Chris Paul and James Harden going to fit together? And um, and, and my thinking was, like, yeah, I was I was certainly a big skeptic in this. Uh, but if, if the Rockets aren't giving up any of their, uh, you know, newly acquired talent from last offseason, and they're kind of maintaining the same core, they're, they're pretty much only giving up uh, a couple of young assets, intriguing young assets, and Sam Decker and Montrezl Harrell, and a first-round draft pick. I don't. I think it's worth the risk. And honestly, like, I think it could work. Like, and like, I suspect that it will because these guys wanted to play to play with each other, and the fact that they wanted to play with each other suggests that they want to make it work. And that's the first step, right? Like, the fact that that's that's what made me feel a lot better about this. It's not just Daryl Morey's bringing Chris Paul on. And James Harden and Chris Paul make it fit. Like these guys actively recruited Chris Paul together, Daryl Morey and James Harden, um, and that make that makes it a lot more you know easier to swallow. Like the idea that they'll try to make it fit. Uh, we've certainly seen this in the past before. You know, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, two ball dominant guys. Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, two two ball dominant guys. We've seen the we've seen this work in the past. Um, you know. It can work, and honestly, like if 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 anybody's gonna make it work, it's Mike D'Antoni, and like that's what makes me feel a lot easier about this. Uh, we have an offensive guru in Houston that's um, gonna try and figure all this out this summer, and you know who knows? Maybe there are more more moves to be made. Right now, this team certainly made, made took a big step up this this like today. Um, if you were to look at the title odds last <laughs> night as compared to today, they certainly took a, a big spike. Uh, yeah, I think there's reason to be hopeful about this. Uh, so, let's see, where to start with this? I, th- <laughs> I think the biggest reason to be hopeful is that there's a lot of really good arguments to be made from the Dan Tony and uh, James Tarden perspective. Uh, also from the you're getting older Chris Paul perspective that uh, if he's ever going to be res- receptive to listening to what uh, to what Dan Tony is selling, it would be now. What, what, I mean, there's 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 obviously going to be here's concerns, the thing here, here's the thing about the we're getting older for Chris Paul perspective. Like, there's no risk here for the Rockets. They're only signing him for two years. Basically, they're not they're not signing him to that long four year uh, max that would have happened if he had not opted in. They're only signing him for two years, so he'll go up until age thirty four. 
And that makes it a lot easier to swallow because Chris Paul can just leave. And that might make it easier for the Rockets. You know, that opens up more cap room. And if this thing goes to crap, they might try trading him. So it's a lot less risky than giving up assets and signing him outright than it is, you know, just trading for him like the way they do today. Yep. Uh, so that that's all super good. I think there's a very real chance that he's going to listen and be part of this offense. Uh, I think the Warriors have changed the league. I think a lot more guys' perspectives have, sh- have shifted. Like, I actually think there's a tangible difference now that guys like James Harden and Chris Paul, after seeing what the Warriors have done, are going to go, well, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't worry about, like, individual stats and stuff. Maybe, like, really we're going to emotionally understand that you have to just go for the for the win. You have to go for the team health, and we are going to share the ball more. I mean, if... If they pl- if they sacrifice, as it were, if Chris Paul and James Harden both say we're not going to get you know MVP, we're not going to get these accolades, we just have to do what we can to win. That offense is nigh on unguardable, and they still haven't finished making moves. Uh, also, oh. and here's a big deal: the Rockets have stepped up in a way which I don't think we're fully comprehending quite yet. Uh, we've all been complaining that the it's a one team league, right? That that only one team has any chance of doing anything. And Dermoy and the Rockets just did the first biggest step to say, okay, well, if you want a second team to compete with them, we will be that team. The Rockets are now the platform on which other stars are going to look and see that is a place to go if we want to try to beat the Warriors. Someone's going to want to try to beat the Warriors. There's there's a market for this. People are looking for that team that's going to be the challenger, and they've set themselves up incredibly well to be placed as that team. The other stars are going to look for, well, if I'm going to take a minimum or I'm going to like be traded for dollar you know, pennies on the dollar, et cetera, et cetera, if I want that ring... I should go there. This is this I think is going to be a lot bigger than people realize that this is now the second best team in the West. Maybe they have a very good chance of being a second best team in the league. And hey, uh, if they get enough enough players and enough assets, they can make a run at the Warriors. So the sky is now the limit. Yeah. Uh, speaking of getting more players, I mean Tim Tim McMahon just tweeted source on the Rockets. They think they are getting Chris uh, Carmel Anthony or. Paul George like this is something the front office believes is possible right now um and if if they can land even one of those guys Carmelo Anthony through buyout Paul George through um trade obviously I mean that starts to look a lot better uh for the for the landscape of the league like I was one of those guys who, com- who complained about the power struggle of the league like I didn't like that there was one team who had a realistic chance to win the title every year um, and the fact that there might be two and, you know, maybe three if you count Cleveland, like that makes it a lot better for NBA fans. I, I think I think there is certainly a contingency of hardcore NBA fans that love this move because, you know, although, you know, Chris Paul is not the most liked, well-liked player and same thing with James Harden, people are going to root for this team simple, simply because people hate the Warriors more. And that's, I mean... It's it's gonna it's gonna be fun. It's gonna and I'm not necess- I'm still not necessarily sure if this is gonna work out, but like I, I'm I'm here for it. Like I'm here for it. Like I, I'm here for the I'm here for the ride. I'm here for the chaos if it goes wrong. It's gonna make covering this team a lot more interesting. Like it, even even if for this, sure. even if this team is like hot garbage next year, that it's hot garbage with Chris Paul and James Harden, and that it's gonna make for a lot more interesting storylines going into next season. Um and yeah, I mean, like I'm with you, Forrest. The Rockets took the brass ring and ran with it. They they didn't care. Like 
I mean, Daryl Morey came out after the Warriors won the title in that Zach Lowe piece and said, we're going to up our risk factor. We have something up our sleeves. I think this counts as something up our sleeves. Definitely. And I just want to jump in and say, uh, Morey also said, like immediately, it was before he said, we have something up our sleeves. He said that the Warriors are beatable, which is not something that people are saying around the league. You know, even the Cavs look like, yeah, we can't beat these. We can't beat these guys. We can't beat this team. So Maury just went all in, and I think we have to give credit, um, obviously, to management, but to ownership, because as we, as we know as Rockets fans, Leslie Alexander just wants to win, and he's going to spend to do it. Uh, so right now, the Rockets are trading all the, for all these non-guaranteed contracts straight out of uh, Leslie Alexander's pocket, and that can't be cheap. So it's just a commitment to winning. It's a commitment to shaking the league up, you know? Not con- not conceding the next five years to the Warriors. Just throwing a monkey wrench in there. Well, speaking of monkey wrenches, uh, there's increasingly chatter that, yeah, the Rockets feel pretty confident they're going to get Paul, George, or uh, Carmelo Anthony. So there's more left. There's more left, guys. This is not the end of it. You can certainly focus on the offensive end of the floor for this trade. I mean, if you talk about the defense, like, Chris Paul is an all-NBA defensive-level guard. Um, obviously, you give up uh, Patrick Beverly, but, I mean, you're giving up P- Patrick Beverly for someone who's just as good, if not better, on the defensive end. The Rockets got better on both ends of the floor today, and that's what's really, really fascinating about this team moving forward, Like, especially if they acquire Paul George. like, And I don't even want to think about that. Like, I'm, just happy about <laughs> where, where, where this, I'm just happy about where this team is right now. And like, like it's it's it's. I'm I'm just happy that we have more to talk about other than the Warriors are going to win it. And like it's it's grim and like it's everything's meaningless. And like you know, the NBA sucks. The playoffs is dead. Like now, like the off season's getting going, and I'm I'm happy about it. I'm here for it. This was going to happen somewhere. See, this is what I think. I think that that Maury and the Rockets front office realized that once everyone. Once everyone admitted to themselves that that in the league as is, the Warriors are unbeatable, that this is going to happen somewhere. There's going to be a team up. There's going to be a counter uh, super team built. And Daryl Morey wanted it to be in Houston. Uh, and hopefully it, for them it will be. Like, this was going to happen sooner or later. It was going to happen in one city. And so I think it's the great forward thinking. It's opportunistic. This is this is how you capitalize on, yuck, on luck, yada, yada, yada. Uh, this is exa- this is a vindication of why Rockets fans are so devoted to the front office and general manager of the Rockets, and why whenever other people criticize Daryl Morey, as they're wont to do from time to time, uh, Rockets fans and people who cover the Rockets dismiss them out of hand. This is exactly why. This is the proof for why Daryl Morey is one of the best GMs of the year, and if he does not get executive of the year next season... <laughs> then we won't that's gonna that be can never possibly win it they can, yeah, throw, exactly. they can throw that award away as far as i'm concerned if, they, if he doesn't win it next year um especially if the rockets like perform well and like that's a big factor in all this right like if, if this move works out like daryl morey comes out of this looking really really shiny and um i mean let's go let's go ahead and look through his track record first year the rockets like in 2012 the rockets landed james harden obviously 2013 the rockets landed dwight howard the next year, the Rockets went, went after Chris Bosh uh, in a gutsy pursuit, uh, you know, trailed out, and, you know, they, they signed Trevor Ariza and some value contracts instead. 
And like the next year, they went after Ty Lawson, and you know, obviously that didn't work out. But I mean, if you look at this franchise's history, like Daryl Morey isn't afraid to go for it. He's a gutsy, gutsy general manager. I'm gonna go ahead and ask you guys, like. Do you think, like, Forrest talked about this a little bit. Do you think the, we have the Warriors to thank for this, right? Like, do you think the, this is a direct correlation to the Warriors? Like, or was this going to happen anyways? Uh, I think it's a, it's a direct reaction to the Warriors. But, I, I mean, Maury is always going to be aggressive. So that's not, I, from the Rockets' side, it's not surprising. But I, I think from Chris Paul's side, him joining the Rockets of all teams, when, as Forrest mentioned earlier, the Spurs are probably a better fit for his play style, I think that's more reactionary. Um, yeah, and I just, I don't know, the Warriors really changed everything up. And I'm, I'm thinking we're going to see some more big names move. I, Gordon Hayward to Boston, maybe. Blake Griffin to Boston or OKC or something like that. I just think everyone's going to move. And it is because of the Warriors. Yeah, uh, oh, and I want to ask for a second about the Paul George thing. Now, apparently, it's sounding like it's getting some traction. But obviously, it would be very hard for them to make an attractive package. So I want to discuss, like, in what way would that be possible, right? Because there must be some some rhyme or reason to it. And from what I've been hearing, it's that, you know, uh, Chris Paul and James Harden have been plying him uh, and making him uh, see the light, as it were, that Houston might be a better place to go than the Lakers. And I think the only the only hope they have for Paul George is that he would decide, oh, this is the place I want to go. Uh, this has the talent. This is where my my future can be. And then just tell every other team, I will absolutely not sign with you. That's the quickest way to like ensure you get traded to a particular team. Uh, I think it's still kind of it feels like a long shot, but a Paul George trade seems to be uh, more likely now than it was a day ago somehow. And that is just, it's something we need to watch, even though, like you said, it's uh, its too much to think about right now. Um, so, I mean, I mean, let's go ahead and explore just a little bit, uh, just because you asked. Um, so, a, a Paul George trade would obviously center around Eric Gordon, right? Um, he's, he's, yeah. he's an Indiana native. Uh, he'd make, he's a good value contract, and, like, he makes a lot of the money go through. And um, I don't know, the Rockets gave up a lot of assets today, like, and that's kind of a low key thing that Rockets fans are, don't really care about right now. But I mean, it's true. Like they they gave up the, probably their second or third best value contract in in Patrick Beverly. They they gave up a draft pick uh, next year. They gave up Sam Decker and Harrell. And those are your young, intriguing trade sweeteners that you know you probably use in a in a Padre trade. So I mean, pretty much what you have left is uh, your first round picks after that. And I think. The Rockets would be hesitant to trade those because you don't want to end up in a Brooklyn Nets situation if this doesn't work out. Uh, you have Trevor Ariza, good value contract. Clint Capella is probably the biggest piece, I would think, would in a Paul George trade like that the Pacers would demand because you know young athletic big could switch really, really well. Uh, rim runner would fit alongside Miles Turner really well because Miles Turner can spread the floor. And, um, you know, you look around, I mean... There's not much left after that. I mean, you probably have to trade more draft picks than not, and I'm not sure if the Rockets will be willing to do that. It really depends on if Boston's interested in Paul George, as the reporting uh, by Adrian Wojnarowski yesterday. Or no, that was Mark Stein yesterday. Um, Mark Stein's been all over the place. But yeah, uh, Mark Stein reported yesterday that the, that the Celtics are trying to land Paul George and Gordon Hayward. So if that interest is strong enough and they are willing to put all their chips on the table, the Rockets have no chance, right? But 
if they if they're still you know we're not gonna trade Tory Terry Rozier no matter what like if they're still in that mode the Rockets have a chance right and it really depends on where the Pacers are they lost a lot of leverage by Paul George being this open about going to the Lakers um and it really depends on if other teams aren't gonna step in like a why 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 aren't the Blazers stepping up? Like why aren't the Suns uh, putting all the chips on the table? Like who knows? Like I, it, it just sounds like right now it's the Rockets, the Celtics, and the Cavs, and um, I don't really see any any other team stepping up. So I mean I would definitely call them a finalist for Paul George. Um, I'm just interested to see what kind of package that they're they're able to put together. I wouldn't be surprised also if the Celtics probably could get it done if they felt like it, but they're like, well, hold on. We want to look at all of our options first. We want to talk to Blake Griffin, blah, blah, blah. Like I, I, Danny Ainge is a guy who likes to weigh all of his options and who likes to win every trade in a big way. So we'll see what happens. It, there's nothing that would surprise me at this point. This is one of the weirdest and wildest times the league has ever been in. This is, this is like almost on par with the, uh, with the formation of the Heatles. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, it feels very similar, right? Uh, you're talking about two top ten players that are very ball-dominant coming together. Um, I would say this this Rockets roster is a little bit more ready-made than that Heat team because they have a lot of shooters surrounding uh, Chris Paul and James Harden already. Um, and that third star hasn't came yet. So, I mean, like, it's a little different, but very similar in that aspect. Yeah. And I just mean, like, in terms of the volatility of the league right now, this is, like, the weirdest, biggest free eight, like, off-season moment since then. Even, like, the KD thing was very big, but he was the only real domino out there. There's a lot of dominoes out there right now, and they're starting to fall extremely early. Most other years, this takes quite a while to happen, and it's just the one big one. Even the year when LeBron went back to Cleveland, that was just the one big domino. So uh, this is going to get weirder before it gets more normal. Um, what about Carmelo Anthony? Because uh, I'm, I'm not sure how you guys feel about that. If if the if the Knicks buy out Carmelo Anthony, would you be interested in signing him to like a minimum contract or like a you know a part of your MLE? Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'd be interested too. I've, because I've, I, I, I'll be honest, I wouldn't because that that uh, Mike D'Antoni and Carmelo Anthony fit. It's still if I feel like um, that's never going to work out, and like. I mean, like, if you're talking about a defensive fit, like the Rockets, pro, like it's it's it just it just feels very weird for their style of ball. But but here's my counter to that: with Dan, the D'Antoni Mello fit doesn't worry me as much because Mello won't have to be your primary option. Um, not that he was the point guard with the Knicks, but he won't have to be the best player. You know, yeah, he won't have to be the best player. He won't have to be running ISOs. He can. He's a good three-point shooter he can create uh shots for himself on a on a small deal like that i don't see why not especially he can't be worse defensively than like a ryan anderson you know so i just don't see like a little small ball four i i kind of love that actually what about you forrest uh yeah i think if he's willing to play the way D'Antoni would like him to play and to fit in a system where it makes sense for him to fit, he's a fantastic fit. It's all just about like what he's going to be willing to do. So if you if you're not using like a if you're not going to sign him at full price, if you're going to use an exception to get him, 
that's actually, I think, a pretty small risk. Uh, I, at this point, you have to take high-risk moves anyway. The Warriors are so good that if you want to win a ring while Harden's in his prime, you just got to go for the swing for the fences move. So, uh, yeah, if he gets bought out and he wants to take a small contract to come to the, Houston, to the Rockets, yeah, go for it. He can def- If he does what Ryan Anderson's doing, he would be unbelievable. Yeah, and um, here, here's what I'll say. Like, This is kind of why you try to get meetings with these guys earlier in their career. Right, you like this is why the Rockets were so aggressive in Ryan Anderson. Even though they didn't get him, they established that relationship early, and they were able to get him later in his career. Same thing with Chris Paul. You know, like they, they weren't able to get him at the time. They got him when they they got him when it really mattered. Uh, and you know, like you look around like, at guys around the league, like the Rockets are always able to get like they managed to get these guys because they have prior relationships with these guys uh, in trying to acquire them. And um, that's another prop to Daryl Morey. Um, I want to ask you guys: Like, does this increase the chance that James Harden will sign another extension this summer? I actually think it does. Um, I think it was pr- there was probably a good chance that he was going to sign another extension anyway. Um, for whatever reason, I just think that it feels like James Harden is kind of loving Houston. So I, I just fe- and at the time I thought he maybe wanted to be you know like the primary star for years and years to come. But now it it looks more like there's a commitment to winning, which I enjoy. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there was an extension at all. And I, I really hope it happens. Yeah, I think it would happen like after everything else has already shaken out. But yeah, if anything, it does increase this chance, which would be fantastic. Having increased stability would make this a true dream come true for Rockets fans. Yeah, and about stability, like let's not forget that Chris Paul opted in to his deal. So he'd be a free agent in 2018. Uh, if we landed Paul George on a rental, he'd be a free agent in 2018. So this could just be like a short-term, uh, short-term thing. But I, I mean, I'm always confident, just like the Rockets are, that they can keep these star free agents to um, to stay in Houston even on a rental deal. So, but yeah. there's always that kind of there's there's always kind of that cloud hovering over it. Yeah, I mean, um, it's a risk, but it's a risk you take any day of the week. Um, and like, again, like this is me speaking as, as someone who was skeptical of the fit. And like, I even thought it was ridiculous not to go after Chris Paul, right? Like, like someone who I'm not sure if it's going to work out that well. I still think you go for it. Cause that's a top 10 talent right there. And you, you just, you don't, you don't get a chance to sign those guys every day of the week. You find a guy that's interested in your organization. That's that damn good. You go for it. And, uh, let's go ahead and talk about the on court fit because, um, th- that's something we kind of, we we've talked over, but we didn't really get to. So, how long do you think before these guys get it together? Because it, I think it, I think it's gonna take a, bit, a fair bit of time. I, I think it'll take at least twenty games for them to finally get into groove. Uh, you know, these guys are obviously both the ball dominant guys. We talked about that before. Uh, Harden just got moved to the point guard. You know, Chris Paul's gonna have to learn an entirely new offensive system under Mike D'Antoni, um, and like. James Harden's going to learn to be off the ball more, and that's going to be a challenge for him. Although, like, I kind of think this might be there's there's a there's a a possibility where Harden comes out of this being a a more efficient player, and you know, like, instead of having to do so much playmaking and having his three point percentage and his field goal percentage go down, like, maybe Harden gets more even more efficient in the half court, and maybe Harden becomes um, that much of a better player because of Chris Paul. And, you know, his, this certainly lowers his minute load. And the idea of having a 
all-time playmaker on the floor at all times, that's really attractive to me. Yeah, uh, I think it'll work as soon as they decide it's going to work. <laughs> like as soon as as soon as they can get everybody involved on the same page, I think it'll it will not really take that long to figure it out. But getting people on the same page is the hard part. Uh, I mean, it's going to be tough to acclimate Chris Paul to new system, but he is one of the smartest dudes in the league. His basketball IQ is through the roof, so he's going to be able to pick to pick it up immediately. Chris I, Paul is smarter than me at basketball. I I, I can certainly say that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to work as soon as they want it to. Uh, this is, I don't know. Yeah, super teams always take a minute to come together, but also every team is different. And is this a super team? And wait, what are we talking about? What's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm ex- I'm excited to see uh, two things with this on court combo. One, I'm I'm excited to see either guy play a little more off ball, right? Because. I mean, Chris Paul's an excellent shooter, and if and if he's got a lot of space to work with because James Harden is attracting attention, or the or vice versa, there's going to be a lot of you know. I think there's going to be a lot of wide open threes still. So it's it's going to be uh, that's what I'm excited for. Also, um, to kind of add to that, uh, Clint Capella is going to get a lot of lobs, so I'm excited for that. In Indiana, cool. <laughs> well, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. I'm under I'm operating <laughs> under the assumption that we don't have Paul George quite yet. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm excited for that, and I'm excited to see. Um, hold on, lost my train of thought. That that Clint Capella in Indiana comment just threw me off. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, y'all go ahead. I'm going to think about this. <laughs> yeah. If it helps, you were talking about lobs before. Uh, I don't know yeah. how, how that would help. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, like what I would say is like it, it's kind of it's kind of tough to get into the fit right now because we still have no idea what the final roster is going to be, right? And that's really that's a really important factor in this. If they do manage to get a Chris, uh, a Paul George or a Carmel Anthony, like that certainly changes this entire dynamic. Uh, what I would say is what I said at the beginning of the podcast: the fact that these guys wanted to play together is a cert is a huge positive step. It's a it, it shows right off the bat that they are willing to sacrifice. Now, whether or not they're going to, that's a, that's a totally different story. But that the fact that they're willing to, and the fact that they they wanted to play together, that's huge. And that's going to help speed up the process quite a bit. And I, so I remembered the thing I wanted to talk about. Another thing I'm excited for is uh, staggered lineups. There should not be ever a game where Chris Paul or James Harden are on the, aren't on the floor at all times. You know, I'm excited to see like the offense not completely drop off when James Harden goes to the bench or vice versa. Yeah, uh, that's pretty scary, right? I mean, that's that's kind of one of the big strengths that the Warriors have is that they can always have uh, an MVP on the floor at all times. So the idea that there will always be one of Chris Paul or James Harden running the offense always, that's got to give other teams nightmares, right? Like, how do you ever plan for that? There's never going to be a let-up on the offensive end. Uh, so, yeah, th- this... The upside of this is unbelievably high. Uh, there are concerns about fit, for sure. It is a, a weird fit, but if they can make it work and if they can decide to sacrifice, if they can get their culture under control, this is a ridiculously stacked team. And the fact that it's not the best team in the league yet, by a pretty good margin, is terrifying. I mean, they made up some of the margin today, and that's what matters, right? Uh, yeah. They're like they they took one step forward. Uh, hopefully the Warriors don't get Carmelo Anthony on a minimum deal. Like the, hopefully <laughs> hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, but 
let's go ahead and say let's go ahead and say the final trade because David Aldridge just tweeted it out. It's gonna be Beverly, Lou Williams, Sam Decker, Montrez Harrell, uh, Kelly, Liggins, Quarterman, and a 2018 first first round pick, top three protected, uh, to the Clippers for Chris Paul. Yeah, I mean, worth it. That's that's well <laughs> worth it. Yeah, and he's also. He's taking uh he's t- picking up that option and not going to be getting like thirty million that he would in uh in free agency. He also has a trade kicker which he can opt into or out of as he sees fit, presumably to make math work. So yeah, the Rockets are getting a pretty big discount on him, which is a big deal. Sorry, I got distracted by this. The Trailblazers are the best account on Twitter. I the, I just the, saw that too. It's it, pretty amazing. It, it, so what they tweeted was a, a GIF uh, saying, "Welcome to Rip City." Cash considerations. Like, <laughs> 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 uh, they're, they're they're the best. They're the best. I I, I love teams like this uh, on social media. Um, I lost my train of thought too. Ironically, I was talking about this earlier this morning before this is actually all happened. Um. You know, like the reason this is worth it is because, like last last season, we we were debating who the second best player on the Rockets were. Now we know that, and I think that's important because when you know who your who your second go to option is, like that helps a lot in terms of you know building towards a championship. And like the fact that we didn't know, like the fact that we were arguing, is it Patrick Beverly? Is it Clint Capella? Is it Nene? Like the the fact that we were arguing that shows why they should have done this deal any day of the week no questions like the rockets like although they had a very good team they didn't have a lot of star power and they they certainly made a upgrade in that department uh i think we're still going to be debating who's the second best player on this team oh but it's gonna it's gonna be a more fun debate yeah for sure (laughs) (laughs) but we know who the top two are now (laughs) for sure yeah yes I mean, Clint Capella and Nene. I mean, let, let's go. Yeah, I, I, I think we've I think we've hashed out as much as we possibly can for a immediate reaction podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RedNishNoops. You can follow uh, Forrest Walker on Twitter at DoNots. You can follow George Flores on Twitter at GeorgeCFlores22. Uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Give us a good rating on iTunes if you enjoy the podcast. Um, and yeah, guys, good night.